ministry in a COVID world. My name is Stephanie Gates Sloan, and I want to help you as you think through what does it look like for us to engage new communities with the gospel during this unique time. In part four of college ministry in a COVID world, I want to get really, really practical. I want to talk about things that I have learned that have been really helpful when it comes to engaging not only college students, but any new people group that we want to share the gospel with. And so I just want to share some practical questions to ask and steps to take as you start to think through how do we share the gospel with this new group of people. Obviously, right now, within the world that has happened because of coronavirus, there are new needs in your community. There are more people who have lost their jobs. And so I think it would be really helpful for your church or ministry to ask, how can we help? Where can we step in into this space to help meet needs? I think specifically when it comes to college students, there are students not only who have lost their jobs, but also they're isolated in their dorm rooms. Their classes are now all online. And so they're lonely, and this was already an issue for, co for college students, but now this is even bigger. And so what would it look like for your church to engage in that? And so those are just some helpful things, but I think it'd be really practical and really beneficial for you and your leadership to start to think about what are the new needs in our community, but also what are the needs within the community that we want to reach? And so I want to talk to you about, well, how do you even find that out? How do you begin to engage a new community? And that first thing that you must do is to find a person of peace. A person of peace is someone who is already within that community who wants to help you step into that space. And so an example would be maybe you want to do college ministry. And so you're looking for a college student who would love to partner with you so that they can better engage their community with the gospel. And so I want to give you five steps that I have found to be really helpful when you're looking for a person of peace. So step one is, first off, you want to identify this person of peace and you want to look around your church or your ministry and, and see, do you already have a college student or maybe a member of this new community that is a part of your church? If so, start with them. They are your experts. Step two, you want to begin praying. So if you don't have someone in your church that's a part of that community, begin praying for opportunities to meet new people. But you also want to begin praying for people within your church who are going to want to partner with you in this new ministry. Step three is to listen. So once you have that person of peace and you're starting to get around new people, you want to get to know them. And the only way that happens is if you ask questions, ask what are their hopes, what are their struggles, what are they seeing happening within their friends and their communities. And as you listen, you begin to build relationships and through that trust begins to develop. Step four, you want to learn don't assume that your experience is the same as theirs. Pay attention to the needs that they share. So while you may have been a college student, you might think, well, I know what it's like to be a college student. Well, that experience that you had could be drastically different than the experience that they're having now. So listen to them. Let them help you determine how your church can best engage their community. They're your experts. Learn from them and walk alongside them. 
And step five goes back to what we just talked about in the very beginning, meet needs. As you meet needs and build relationships, you will get the opportunity to share the gospel. Oftentimes when we want to start a new ministry in a new place, that end goal is to get people maybe to visit our church or to join a Bible study. But very rarely do we get to start with the end goal. So we want to make sure that we're investing, that we're building relationships. And in a minute, we're going to talk about the importance of proximity and presence. We want to make sure that we go to where they are and that we're really, really present as we're getting to know them. And so as you go, get to know them. And as you meet needs, you begin to establish trust and credibility. So once you have a person of peace who's helped you connect to their community, there are three key factors that will help you engage this community with the gospel. And so those three factors are proximity, presence, and patience. I just mentioned proximity and presence. So proximity means to go. Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples. Our tendency is to wait until others approach us with their questions, or maybe they come and attend an event or a service that we have. But really, this first step in discipleship is actively going to others and engaging them with the gospel. Proximity, when you think about this word, I hope closeness, being close to others, comes to mind. That idea provides a helpful framework on going. Closeness means my location is close to you. And closeness allows us to build relationships. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we have to go. That is where discipleship starts. Some helpful questions to ask is how can you get around these people within your new community? That's where that person of peace comes in. Same thing with how can we build relationships? That's where that person of peace is really, really helpful. So we just talked about proximity. Now let's talk about presence. Presence means to be intentional. How can we carefully make the most of the opportunities before us? I find it to be really helpful to think about the people who've made the largest impact in my life. It was those people who were determined to know me. They made the decision not only to invest, but to invest well. And so when I think about what does it mean to be intentional, I think about those people. And I want to model their behavior to this new community. I have found that oftentimes college students feel really disconnected and just to be another number in a sea of thousands. I think that's really normal within today. And so when we remember someone and we truly see them, that makes someone feel seen and known it makes them feel cared for and they pay attention. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That's intentionality to look carefully at how we walk, where we go. We want to be wise. We want to make the best use of our time. And that just means we got to be present. We got to be intentional. So a helpful question to ask is how can you be intentional with others as you get to know them? What does that look like specifically within this one circumstance? The last key to really this, this key factor of sharing the gospel is patience. 
And it's remembering that love is patient and building trust takes time. All relationships take time to develop and keep this in mind as you begin to invest in others. When it comes to college students, they don't trust quickly. They can spot fake a mile away. And so we have to be real. We have to be transparent and we have to be patient. Many people struggle to trust others. And this is just a product of our culture. But not only do they struggle to trust others, they especially struggle to trust Christians. And so we must be patient and allow, and allow the time that is needed for friendships to form. When I first started working with the UNT women's basketball team, it took two years before those players started to trust me and started to actually, actually believe that I didn't have an agenda or something that I was wanting from them. And that's where this principle comes in, to be patient, allow time for the Holy Spirit to come and work. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient and kind. And so we get to be a display of that gospel truth and to show other people the love of Jesus. Our hope is to share the gospel with them. So we have to wait until trust has been established to get that opportunity. And so what does patience mean? It means we keep showing up. Even when the relationships are harder or slower or messier than we ever thought they would be. Especially with college students, they expect you to disappear. They expect you to step in and say, we want to be a part of this. But then when it gets too hard or requires too much of us, we walk away. And so my hope is that we would recognize that during this season of a new world, we get to refocus, we get to re-engage, we get to re-strategize, and we get to ultimately prepare the people that we lead so that they can be ambassadors of reconciliation within their community. So how do we do that? Let's think through, we want to engage the, the new, these new communities with the gospel. We got to trust that the Spirit is going to be moving and working in these circumstances. And so I hope that these Four parts of this series are helpful, not only when it comes to engaging college students, but also when it comes to thinking through how do we engage a new community with the gospel? And what does this look like for us to prepare our people to go within their community, within their workplace, within their neighborhoods, and to be ambassadors of reconciliation with the gospel? If you would like to continue this conversation, you can contact me at stephaniegatessloan.com. The music was created by my talented friend, Vince Romanelli. Thanks for listening.